Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. But I'm looking at John chapter 3. Hoy preached this. I'm not preaching on Nicodemus, so I'm just going to tell you. I never had seen Nicodemus the way Brother Hoy brought him out. Now, I've preached about Nicodemus, but I've never seen it covered like that. That boy, he didn't leave one stone unturned concerning Nicodemus. He pretty much covered it all and blessed my soul, fed me, and I wanted to preach even so. So, Brother Ivan, that's what I thought. I'd just take even so and I'd preach that because I know at the end of the book it says even so come. So that was going to be my big crescendo, bang, hit the symbol, and even so, come. I preached on him coming back a little bit this morning, and I just couldn't get, couldn't get lined out on this in that direction. So here's where I'm at tonight, John chapter 3, and I, I need to get it in context. I, I need to start in uh, verse number 10. And this is Nick, uh, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. And uh, we know that he's a, he's a ruler of the Jews. He's a Pharisee, and he's a ruler of the Jews. And as Hoy brought out, he was the ruler. I mean, he was, he was uh, one of the top dogs, if you so to speak. And, and even in knowing that, and knowing the law like he knew it. Now, we've got to be careful growing up in church where we know, we already know it. I've heard that before. We've got to get, be careful where that doesn't get to be the point. We let the Holy Ghost, he can inform us. On John 3.16, I preached an entire week of revival on John 3.16, and I never scratched the surface. But Nicodemus, was, he knew what the Bible said, or he knew what the law said. The law, let's get it what it was. He knew what the law said, Randall, but he didn't understand, he didn't understand what it meant. They wasn't looking for a, they wasn't looking for a crucified Messiah. They're looking for a warrior king to come and cut them up, up the Romans and, and set up the kingdom. But they missed the part of Isaiah 53 in the suffering servant. They just didn't comprehend that. You know, a lot of that time we comprehend something according to. To the way we want to hear it. Or the way we like it. Now, so, with that being said, let's begin in verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto him, that being Nicodemus, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? And he's talking about being born again, and Nicodemus it went right over his head. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that which that we have seen and ye receive not our witness. In other words, Jesus said, I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm the one and you don't get it. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? That's a good question for everyone right there. That's the question really of the age. And no man 
hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Father, I love you. I thank you for the night and the wonderful songs. God, just a sweet, calm spirit tonight. Going to try to sow a few things here into the hearts of the people that you've sown into me this afternoon. I pray it be, a, a, be effective. I pray you'd fill my mouth, guard my tongue, and preach me inside the bounds of this book. I pray that you'd help all those listening by way of internet. God, what a wonderful tool you've given us there, even though they're sick. And afflicted, they can watch and be part of the service. We pray that you would bless this word. It would be a help. And God would do what's pleasing unto you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So we got a lot of people probably watching from home tonight. Uh, Tony and Karen's probably watching. And, and Jolene and, 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 and Josh and Melissa. And just, just a host scattered all over the building. Tammy may be watching if, if the... If the Texas Ranger went off and 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 just just got people watching everywhere. Sorry about that, Tammy. Your husband told on you. So so it it's just good. It's good. What a wonderful tool God's given us that even when you're sick and at home and you can't be here, you can still watch and be part of the service. Now I want to try to preach for just a few minutes tonight on this thought: lifting up Jesus. Lifting up Jesus. Now, to get this, I want to go back. I want us to go back in our minds. You can read it when you get home. Numbers chapter 21. When the children of Israel had come, and they come against the Canaanites. And here's what happened. The Canaanites had come. Now, the journey's nearly over. They're getting close. Aaron's died. Aaron is passed on. He's out of the way. The priest is out of the way, showing that there's another priest coming, his son. He's out of the way. They come into the, to the edge of the, of the uh, land there where the Canaanites are. Now, they've not crossed over into Canaan land, but the Canaanites are there. And they come and they take some of the children of Israel captive. In other words, they kidnap them. And they take them off. And so the Bible said that Israel prayed. When you see that, it's in reference to the entire nation at this time. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And so when it says Israel prayed, that means that the nation was praying. They were praying. And they asked the Lord, said, Will you deliver, if you'll deliver us, get our people back, we'll utterly destroy that bunch. Now that sounds kind of rough. But I'm just going to tell you. To the people that are anti-God, God's destroyed a bunch of them. He destroyed them all, but Noah. You know why? Because their thoughts and the intents of their heart were evil continually. Everything they thought was evil. They had no word for, they wouldn't listen to God, pay no mind to God. The prophet there preached for 120 years. Nobody wanted to hear it while he's building a boat. And the evidence of that is no one got on an ark but Noah and his family. I'm just saying, it's very similar to that. God's in the destruction business sometimes. 
And they said, we'll utterly destroy them. Well, God said, go get them. I'm with you. And they did. I mean, they wiped them out. Watch this. It kind of fits us now. I don't think we're, we're tired of the way. But it was what happened was after that great victory, and we've had one around here the last week, we're down to 13 to see saved. Praise God. They were, half, you know, better than halfway through the year. We're going to have to get to work to get that other 13 to get that 25 number. And uh, so they, they, done, they had a great victory, and here's what they done. Then the Bible said the people were discouraged in the way. You know why? Because the battle was hard. The battle was hard. And, and, and they, had to, they had to fight it to overcome. We're no different, spiritually speaking. And it'd be easy to get discouraged in the way. I mean, when you stand in room only, and we come and the, the, the black plagues hit us, and here we are, we got very few numbers. I told Pat this morning, we got a, had a good Wednesday night crowd this morning. That's about what it was. Good Wednesday night crowd on Sunday morning. We're not accustomed to that around here. And we've got maybe a little less than a normal Wednesday night crowd tonight. But praise God for those that are here and those that are watching. Look, it's easy to get discouraged in the way after a great victory. Because often the devil comes to you and he says, hey, was the fight worth it? Josh Ward said today uh, via text message, I'd take COVID again if I could have another week like we had last week. You know what that says, Brother Ivan? It is worth it. Done something spiritually. Who knows this thing right here we'll walk around in is in a state of disintegration. We're going down. But the soul and the spirit's going up. Though the outward man perish, Brother Junior, what happens? The inward man's renewed day by day. They've done this, all this. They come. Here's what they said then. They said, we're tired of this. And we loathe this light bread. I think that's where us hillbillies got that word. For sliced white bread. How many, how many people ever heard their family call it light bread? Hello? They said in numbers, we loathe this light bread. You know what that means? They were disgusted with it. The very thing that's sustaining them every day, keeping them going in him. It's all over everything around here. Hey, in him, the thing that's keeping them going, the word and the bread, the manna, they're all the same. There it is, the thing that's keeping them going. They said, you know what? We're tired of it. There's a lot of people that's got tired I hope we don't get tired of the way. I've been tired in the way. I'm a little tired in the way right now. But look, I'm not tired of the way. But they said that bread, that, that, that light bread, we loathe it. God said, I'll give you something to loathe. So then he sends the fiery serpents. You know what my mom used to say? Ernie's probably heard her say this to me. Ernie was around my family a lot when I was growing up. If you better not cry or whine or carry on, because here was her famous words. I'll give you something to cry about. 
Hallelujah. You best keep your mouth shut or you get something to cry about. And I mean, a, I don't mean a whipping. I mean a whooping. Big difference. Big difference. I mean a striping. Hello. Straighten. Here was another famous line. Straighten up and act like somebody. Yeah. God said, you want to complain? You tired of my bread? Try this on for size. You know what showed up, Brother Drew? You know, the fiery serpents. And they bit the people. Now, they didn't bite them all. But they bit a multitude of them. And the fiery serpents. I got an old message I preach I call snake bit. I can say that in a lot of congregations and they go, don't preach about snakes. Todd Black, he, he don't like snakes at all. And the fiery serpents show up, and you know what they do? They bite the people. You know what it was? It was a judgment of God because they loathed the light bread. Now they've got something to complain about. Before they're complaining about what they're being fed, God's gave them the victory. They've won the battle. The battle has been given by the Lord. And then they don't like the bread. If it wasn't for the bread, they could have never won the battle. Without the bread, there's no strength to fight. There's no ability to go on. It takes the living bread. Praise God. The manna. That's Jesus. So now the snakes have been. I don't know if I preached this here or not. I know I preached it in revival one time. Do you know what they, they make the antidote for a snake bite out of? Antivenom. Lamb's blood. Now that'll preach. Now they they developed it and they use some horse now because they're much larger and there's a stronger uh, lamb in it. But to begin with, they made antivenom out of lamb's blood. Because lamb's blood, praise God, that's another message. I better not preach it tonight. But they needed something to keep them from the snake bite killing them. So the Lord told Moses, make a brazen serpent. Now watch this. Brass speaks, brass in the Bible speaks of judgment. You see that in the brazen altar. The altar was made of brass. The blood, the burnt sacrifice, the sacrifice were put up on that. The blood had to be dripped on the horns of the altar, had to be placed upon it to sanctify it, to the purifying of it. But it speaks, it was brass, and it speaks, brass in the Bible speaks of judgment. Here's what it was. The brazen serpent had to be brass speaking of judgment. And you make a, a symbol of the thing that bit them. Oh, God, this is good. Thank you, Lord, for that. So, when we... Here's what he told him to do. He said, if you've been snake bit, if you'll look on the brazen serpent, you'll live. But some still died. You got to look to live. If you'll look to the brazen serpent, if you've been snake bit, and you look at the brazen serpent, you'll live. And so here's how it was. Look and live. If you've been bit, well, we've all been 
bit. We've all got the curse of sin on us from birth. We were in that situation. So what are you saying? The thing that bit them, they had to look on that in order for it to be taken away. Now, we come to John here, and Jesus said, Hey, the Son of Man's got to be, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know what that was? You know what we look at at Calvary? We look at Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus wasn't sin. Oh, yes, he was. He becomes sin. So the thing that bit us, we look to him on Calvary, and it's just like the serpent in the wilderness, and we have this, look and live. That's what it is. We look at him because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we look at him and live. But Jesus said later on in John, I think it's 8, he said, And I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Well, he knew he was going to be lifted up on the cross. He, he said right here, he said, that Just like Moses done it in the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man be lifted up. And he is lifted up, and we look on him, and we live. Here's what I want to throw at you, three little quick things tonight. Is this, that we need to lift up, and we've had evidence. Well, we've we seen an example of that this past week. But let's be reminded, lest we forget. So number one. If we're going to lift up Jesus in this modern age, we know he's already been on the cross. We look, we look at communion. We look back at the cross to see what he's done. But we look ahead to see what he's going to do. But in this, in this, lifting him up, and we still, spiritually speaking, we need to lift him up. I want to give you some things. Something we, I want to see us continue to lift him up in. Because it's not this way everywhere. Now I've been accused of not liking contemporary music. And for the most part that's true. Amen. After you say it 32 times, I got it the first two times. I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but after the second time I pretty much got it. You don't have to say it 32 times. You sure don't have to put it on the wall. After that long everybody's got it memorized. But there is occasion, that thing Abby sings, lights my fuse. You know why? Because it lifts up Jesus in song. The songs we sing must lift up Jesus. If it's not lifting up Jesus, you know what it is? Vain jangling, tinkling cymbals. It doesn't affect or help anybody in any way. But when you lift the Son of Man up in your songs, that's why some people under the singing will come and be gloriously saved while somebody's singing a song. How does that happen? And I, if I be lifted up, he draws me into himself through song. We see it over and over. Brother Brantz mentioned it this morning in Sunday school. You steered me in this direction. Is that Mary, that's a song or a psalm that Mary sings there in Luke 1 when she's singing about what the Lord has done and who the Lord is. That's a song. And you know what that does? It magnifies God. 
We're not singing to magnify men. We're not singing to magnify denominations. We're not. Our songs songs should be to lift up Christ. And if he's lifted up, he draws men to him. We had a fellow come here one time. Uh, He was an insurance salesman. He wanted to price us uh, uh, insurance here on the building. And, and, he, and he's also a worship leader, that's what some churches call him, at a church down toward Nashville. And he come in here and he noticed we didn't have any screens. And uh, I'm not opposed to that. But, but I, I, I still like hymnals. I like books. And he said, well, what do you do with the children? I said, well, we have, for small children, we have children's church. He said, well, what do you do with the rest of them? I said, we preach to them. And he said, well, what about the song service? I said, oh, they sing along with us. How many of you learned them songs sitting on somebody's lap or in a old hardback bench and heard them singing washed in the blood? Just as I am, victory in Jesus. Praise God. Them songs still penetrate my soul and my heart. Why's that? You know what those songs do, Randy? They lift up the Lord. Let's, let's keep her singing. Let her singing continue to lift up Jesus. But it's not only the songs that we need to lift him up in. Now, some, some would fall out with me right here, but I don't care. Because the psalmist said this. I think we need to lift him up in our shout. I don't know about you. We had that 30 seconds of madness the other night, and I got in another place. I don't even know where I was. Chris Rumfelt nearly squeezed my head off my body. I thought my head's going to pop off my shoulders, and everybody around here is going to panic when it does because that boy put a bear squares. Squares, that's past squeezing in hillbilly phrase. He put a bear squares on me, and I'm telling you, I couldn't hardly breathe. When he let go, I was glad. I went, it's like being underwater trying to hold your breath for a while. And I just, I, I wish I, but I was so involved in the shout myself, I wasn't paying no mind to nobody else. But I'd like to look around. I, I, maybe I can go back on the video and see it. If I'm not wrong, Melissa Ward was standing up in the pew. It wasn't to be seen. It was given the shout. And, and look, every service is not a shouting service. You believe that? They, they're sewing services like tonight. But every service is a song service. We open every service with song. Where do you get that? Paul told us how to do it, making melody in our heart with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's what Paul said to do. So we gather together and we do the, we lift him up in song. But there's an occasion, and, and I'd like for it to be more regular than it is, that we lift him up in the shout. I don't know about you, but I think he likes it. If he didn't, the psalmist would have never wrote it down. In Psalm 47, shout with a voice of triumph. 
oh, clap your hands, all you people. So he, not only did he say to shout, he said to clap. Some don't like the clapping. I, I'm going to tell what Holly Waldo said. Brother Holly, come over here and preach for us. Not, it's been a little while back. And he said, I'm just going to tell you, brother, uh, in all my years of preaching, I've never had anybody clap for me. I said, you've been in the wrong church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clap your hands. We're not clapping for the person. We're clapping for what they do, who they represent. Praise God, it's the Lord. We're not here to promote ourselves. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. Hey, clap and give him a shout of victory. Nothing wrong with the shout for the glory of God. That'll wake some people up too. I wondered about, and I'm just going to tell you, Jim, I didn't know I was all your family sitting back here this morning. And I was wondering about them, hey, this, and we was kind of calm mundane here this morning. And I was wondering about them. And then that one girl left, is Lucille Jones' granddaughter. She said, I'll be back Sunday. I told Pat, I said, we was a little calm today. She comes back Sunday, it might not be so good for her. We'll see. Lift him up. Jesus said, lift me up. I've got to be lifted up. He was lifted up, but he said, if he be lifted up, he'll draw me into it. We lift him up in song. We lift him up in our shout. And last, last tonight is this. Here's what we saw. We saw this exampled or demonstrated this past week. He was lifted up in every sermon. I got nothing else to talk about. We lift him up. We lift him up. Paul said, you preach the word. You be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time shall come when they shall not endure sound doctrine, but shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Hey, we're in that time. We are in that time right now. But I tell you what real people of God want. The people that's been blood blood washed, that banner, that bunch that's going home with me one day, hey, they want the word of God. You don't have to pop it up. You don't have to paint it up. You don't need a smoke machine. You don't need lights. You don't need these things. You just preach the word of God because you can't separate Christ from the word. If the sermon is the word of God, it'll be about Jesus. Now, it may be in the law, but he was the law. It might be about them crossing through the Red Sea. It was he's the water, praise God. Wherever you're at, turn the page. He's the burnt sacrifice. He's the peace offering. Hey, listen, he's the sin offering. Anything we preach, it come out of this book. It'll be doing this. It'll be lifting up Jesus. And that's all we're going to need to do. If we're lifting up Jesus, we can bring somebody in, a visitor in, and I'm confident. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask somebody to stand behind this desk that I don't have confidence in. And I'm confident they're going to take this word and they're going to preach it to us, myself included. We're going to hear the word of God. And when we hear the word of God, if it's the word, you know what it, who it lifts up, don't you? 
He lifts up Jesus. For the life of me, uh, I agree with Mike Blanton. The miracle of just plain preaching the Bible. And how the Holy Ghost takes that. And some unsuspecting sinner is in the midst of the congregation. And like her the other night, she should have moved. I knew she should. I stood right, I told the preacher sitting beside me, there's a girl here tonight God's dealing with right now and needs to move. I don't know if that I should have went to her, but maybe I should. But he does that and he woos people and he draws people to himself. When the sermon's about the son. I got nothing else to preach about. Paul said this. He said, I'll tell you what I'll glory in. He said, I'll glory in the cross. I'm not going to glory in anything else. I'll glory in the cross. I'll take the cross. Praise God for the cross. Thank God for the blood. <laughs> Thank God for a risen Savior. <laughs> Thank God for a soon coming king. <laughs> hey, people don't think he's lifted up. You wait till he comes back, praise God. They ain't never seen nothing like it when he shows back up. So we can lift up Jesus. Now there's a lot of other ways to lift him up. We lift him up in prayer, by personal testimonies, and by a lot of things. But them three little things that we do around here that I do not want to forget that we do. As we keep him lifted in our singing, we keep him lifted in our singing, our shouting, and we keep him list, lifted in our sermon. And I think God's pleased with that, Randy, because that's what the book says to do. Wow. Come on, Tester, we'll come back to the piano. Marcus, you got a song in you. Can you sing me a verse and chorus? It's hot up here. Marcus is going to sing us a verse and chorus. You might need to pray about something tonight. This, you know this. I don't have to tell this crowd. Never, these are, there's not an out-of-order sign or out-of-business or off. These things are always... It's in order to come and pray. If you need to pray, let's stand at our feet. He sings a verse and chorus. You're welcome to come. Page 410. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.